if you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. We're starting this chat today with Jim Masterson, who of course has been on before. And for those who don't know or have never heard of the Masterson Method, then I would recommend you go straight over now to uh, have a quick check at his website, which is uh, just check with you. Masterson Method, isn't it, Jim? Yeah, it's mastersonmethod.com, the website. So today we're going to talk about a few thoughts that Jim's got in um, his advanced um you know, he uses with some of his students. And we're going to go through these thoughts. They really resonate with me as an instructor, um, but we're sort of going to talk about how he thinks and um, and I might have a bit of a chat about me as an instructor and how they affect me and, and my students as well. But just want to remind you that today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College and their vision is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses and the horses appreciate, respect, and enjoy their people. Jim, how are you today anyway? You're sort of coming into a bit of the colder weather now. We're coming into a bit of the warmer weather. Well, we're still pretty warm here, but it's the, yeah. it's going to make the, the shift here in, a, in the next couple of months. So a little the reverse of uh, down under. Jim, sometimes, you know, like usually when I introduce a guest, particularly a new guest, I ask them for like their favourite saying, favourite, you know, something that they hear when they're teaching or talking to their students, that they hear themselves saying again and again. You know, this is this often when people first meet you, if you can give them, you know, your favourite saying, it gives you a bit of an idea of the type of person that they are. So I think this will be really good. Now, the first thought, I'll start it off. An opinion is the starting point in the process of gathering information. Be prepared for it to change as you gather more information. Just give us a little bit more depth. Yeah, there's a little little bit of a story um, behind that because um, you know on the on the advanced course uh, we we learn some techniques about uh, how to evaluate the horse and. The main purpose of that is, is you know, when you're working on the horse, he'll tell you where he's got tension, you know, but with his responses and releases. But if you, we can help the owner find out where that's coming from, because everything we work on in the body is caused by something. Um, and sometimes it's just work, normal work, but often it's overwork or it's compensating for other issues like, you know, sore feet, saddle fit, dental issues. So if we can help the owner uh, track those down, then uh, ideally the tension won't come back in the body. So when we evaluate the horse, that's one of our main goals is to help the owner find out what's causing the tension in the body. So you can get into your head with that process, and then that starts to take over, um, even take over what the horse is telling you during the body work. So, you know, I always say just keep, you know, don't try to figure it out. You don't have to be right about everything. You just have to have a starting point. So that kind of helps you let go of that um, that pressure to to figure out what's going on with the horse and to be right about it. And the story behind that is when I was working on show jumpers down in Florida, every season I would go down there for three months to Wellington. And I was at a show in Ocala and I was working on a, a trainer had me working on one of the horses in his barn. And while I was there, the, uh, the show vet, uh, Dr. Barber came over because he was going to do a lameness evaluation on another horse over there. 
And I stopped what I was doing because that other horse was also a client of mine. And I just kind of stood back and was watching Dr. Barber watch this horse go and, and watch it move. And like Dr. Barber, he's been around a long time. He really, he knows his stuff, you know, and he's like, everybody really reveres Dr. Barber. So he's watching this horse move and, and he sees me standing back there and he turns and he says, what corner do you think it's on? And right away I kind of freeze up because, you know, I'm not, I don't watch horses move a lot. I didn't at that point, especially. And, and so, um, I wasn't an expert at this. So I kind of freeze up and I'm watching the horse go and I'm watching and I'm watching. And he, one point he turns around and he says, you don't have to be right. You just have to have an opinion. And so I take this big, big breath, like, Oh, well, that's the pressure's off now. You don't have to be right. So that's when I got it. You know, we always <laughs> want to be right about what we, you know, what's going on with the horse. And, and that gets in the way of finding what's really going on with the horse. So you really don't have to be right. You just have to have an opinion and a starting place to work from and work from there to, to find out what's going on. So that's kind of, um, that's really valuable when we're learning evaluation techniques and also working on the horse, you know, cause we get into our heads while we're working on the horse and that really interferes with the process. So this helps keep you out of your head, takes the pressure off a little bit. Mm-hmm. What I thought when that, and it's a little bit different, you know, and it's interesting, these thoughts that you have that, and I suppose as an instructor, you know, one instructor is going to be teaching a different way to someone else. What I had thought about this is um, we've just got to start, get an opinion, you know, if someone's learning to ride, you know, get started with one person, learn the basics, but then be prepared to change your instructor. You know, get started, learn the basics with that person, learn as much as you can, but don't think that they're the only person and not the only person, Um, you know. So I sort of took it a little bit different to you, more about having an open mind. You know, get started with one person, get started with one thought, one train, but be prepared for it to change as you gather more information. Well, absolutely. That that's the other. That's that's kind of it's very similar because it's not it's going to change. And um depending on what point of view you're looking at. And, and one instructor isn't necessarily right and another one's wrong. It's, you know, and I think when people get into that framework, that's when the, that's when everything stops and it turns out about being right or being wrong. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. it doesn't turn, it, it loses the, the direction you want to go, which is to get, you know, to, in that case, learn everything you can or, or, and if you're, if you're um, working with the horse, figure out what's going on with the horse. So, um, and and it's and when you're when you're with the horse, it's rarely just one thing. When you find one thing that you think is the problem with, of the horse, it's connected to another thing, which is connected to another thing, and something before that's connected to it. It's ne- almost I say it's almost oh well I don't know if that's on the list of thoughts, but it's almost always never just one thing. It's it's one thing that's interconnected with another. So you have to find you want to find a starting point, and as you're working on the horse, you're gonna. And you're going to discover other things that are going on. So um, sometimes there is no right answer. You know, no, it's, it's no. obvious oh. the horse has injured itself. But even then, maybe the horse injured itself because there was something going on in its body that it was compensating for. So um, it could it can be endless. I'm just thinking about a student who came to me who said, "Well, I go to this instructor and they say my legs too far forward, and then I go to this <laughs> instructor and they say my legs too far back, and." So yeah. I thought I'd better come to you and find out what's going on. And it was, well, your leg's moving too much. You know, it's got to be still. Oh, okay, yeah. You so know, it was so, too far forward. Yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. Back. And sometimes it could be a multitude of things. So, yes, it was too far forward at times and it was too far back at times. But, you know, getting down to it, just keep your legs still to get started. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now we um, the next one. Don't let your mind get in the way of what you're doing or what the horse is telling you. Do your thinking when you're done working on the horse. Okay. So so just tell us a little bit about that. You know, like example is that during when you're doing your ride up. So so I'll say it again. Don't let your mind get in the way of what you're doing or what the horse is telling you. Do your yeah. thinking when you're done working on the horse. So is that does that mean like you know when you when you're with the horse, focus on the horse and don't drift off into other um into other things. Yeah, it, well, as far as doing the body work on the horse, it it kind of means something. And as far as you know, going back to trying to look at what you're finding in the horse and determine what's causing what that it, it, you know it kind of has two aspects of that. As far as working on the horse. Um, if you're trying to fix something, like you, as you're working, say you're going down the neck and you're moving your way down the neck and you all of a sudden you hit a spot where the horse braces because it's uncomfortable or or it just is, is it's um, or it's restricted just because it's not moving, then right away you stop and you focus, oh, I'm going to fix this. Um, and then that's when your mind gets in the way. And, and really what you should do is is soften, let the horse release something and then move on through it. Because if you get too over-focused on one thing, the horse is going to is going to uh, pick up on it and start internally bracing, so you kind of have to, or or you work or you stop and say, well, why? Why is that stuck there? Well, you just you just got in your mind about it and and you lost the horse. You're not paying attention to the horse. So when you're doing the body work, you really want to just keep quiet and just just go by what the horse is telling you, either visually or physically, as you're moving things. So you 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 know. Uh, that's kind of what that has to do with when you're doing the body work. But if you're going, if you're evaluating the horse to try to find out what's causing what, that's the, it, it really is important there because if you stop every time you find something and you say, oh, this is the problem and I wonder what's causing this and start getting into your mind about it, then you're going to lose lose um, your connection with the horse. So you do all your thinking after you've worked on the horse and you've gathered all your information that you're going to get from working on the horse and all your information from the owner on, about the horse's um, performance issues about his veterinary issues about um, uh, his history his age uh, then you put it all together after you're done working on the horse but if you're trying to do it while you're working on the horse then you're going to lose what the horse is telling you while you're do- what you know during the work yeah the fact that the horse has to tell you what they're ready for is probably another thing that as an instructor sometimes you've just got to or even as a rider, sometimes you're on a horse that's quite tense, quite worried, maybe in a new environment or something's going on. Sometimes you've just got to allow them to just go around in a relaxed frame for a little bit until they take that deep breath and say, oh, okay, I'm comfortable now. I can move yeah. on. Yeah. 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 You just have to stop, you know, and just allow the horse to, in that case, allow the horse to to get to that point where it's, where it takes a deep breath and it's relaxed rather than than getting in your head about it. Oh, what's yeah. going on with my horse? How come he's doing this? He didn't do this yesterday, you know. Well, well, it's not yesterday, it's today. And you have a horse that you're working with today, so. Now, I think, um, Jim, in one of the other times I talked to you, you talked about being out of your mind, okay, which um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you're working, you know, with the, with the body work, so um, the next the next thought, as you practice, allow yourself to get more comfortable with the techniques. You'll start mm-hmm. thinking less and feeling more. Is this as you become more experienced as a body worker? Well, you can you can start. Um, it happens pretty quickly, you know. So when you're first learning the, these body work techniques, um, say on a weekend workshop, um, 
you really are in your mind about it because you've got to think, well, is my, I am supposed to put this hand here and I'm supposed to put this hand here and I'm supposed to do this and watch for that. And so you have to learn all those things. So you're, so you're, you are in your mind because you have to, that's part of the learning process. But then, um, as you get more comfortable with the techniques, um, and it doesn't take long, you get comfortable with the technique, then pretty soon you, um, you're not, you're, 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 you're not thinking about it so much. And then you, you have to allow that to happen. You have to, you have to allow that to stop, you know, stop questioning yourself or stop, uh, doubting it and just kind of let that go. And another part of this is when you, the more you practice pretty, you know, the question in your mind is, okay, well, what do I do next? I've just done this with the horse. Now, what do I do? Where do I go with it? And, um, you have some guidance with it in the training, um, but it changes with every horse. You know, the order of what you're going to be doing might change because you might you might do a scapular release and you get a you get a really good release on one side. Okay, there, that's good. I made an improvement. I'm going to move on and I'm going to go to the other side or go down and back. And then you might, if you're doing the other side, it might be tighter and it's not as easy for the horse. So there's some tension there. So um, so you you may have to come back to that one, whereas you wouldn't have to go back to the the first leg because that one's already good. So, um, so you get some guidance in the order and the horse kind of tells you along the way, but at some point, you know, we step back regularly away from the horse just to see what the horse has to say, to give him a chance to release tension and give you those responses. And when you step back, you just wait to see what the horse has to say. That's when your mind is really quiet while you're waiting to see what the horse has to say. And often something will just pop into your head. Oh, I'm going to go back over here now because you're, you quieted your mind down. So your intuition kind of kicks in, which is, you know, your intuition is just, it's, you're seeing something that you're not knowing you're seeing. You're, you're not analyzing it. It's just, you notice maybe something or, or maybe not for some reason it pops into your head. So I always say, you just go with that, go with that intuition. But, but at some point you have to be out of your mind to, to do that, to be, to reach that point. Yes. Yes. I, I'm just thinking, you know, with you talking there and particularly you start your students off and you say you need to put your hand here and look there and do this and do that. Um, I'm going to go through through something which comes up a bit just in sports science, but I'm sure in a lot of other fields as well, is when you first, there are a lot of people who, and this is to do with, people might have come on the chat today and thought, I, I'm just not sure, Masterson Method, what's that? And then gone off and had to have a look at the website. So before they actually started listening to the chat, they might be unconscious and incompetent about the Masterson Method. They don't know about it, but they also are not able to do it, then they might be, oh, okay, right, I really want to listen to this chat, but then they're consciously incompetent. They don't know, right? Then mm -hmm. you will they get know, with some don't. of your new students, okay, who are conscious, um, they go through that consciously incompetent. They become conscious but quite competent at what they're doing. But then I think, as you say, they get to that unconsciously conscious competent stage where you're starting to use a lot more intuition and just be able to do it. So that's what I took from that. Is that, Am I on the right yeah. track? You know? Yeah, exactly yeah. on the right track. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why yeah. I thought it, it's not just these thoughts. They're brilliant for body workers, but they're also good for, well, for instructors, but for lots of people mm -hmm. doing different things within the horse industry. Yeah, especially when you're learning. When you're learning, it's good to mm. have that awareness of those phases of learning where you because you don't beat yourself up for not being for not knowing it, you know, or because you you know you have to you have to 
recognize that there's something there for you to learn in order to learn it. So if you don't recognize and you're not conscious that you're incompetent, and you know, nobody likes that word incompetent, but that's the that's the stages of learning. You start at incompetence and you end up at competence. But you know, within that that journey, there's different, you know, stages of awareness, the, the unconscious incompetence and then the conscious and just just like you said. So you when you when you get to the point where you're unconsciously competent, then you're you're really out of your mind. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The next one I've got, you know, let go of the need to be right. Tell us a little bit about that. That was the Dr. Barber story. So that's oh, kind of okay. like that yes, first yes. one. Yeah. Yeah. Because that yeah. gets in the way. So so you know, the first the first with the first one when we went over and I get out my workbook here, because I put them at the back of the advanced work workbook because I thought it would help, you know, now that they're, they're they've done an advanced course and they're getting more um, more consciously competent, then the, the, you, you might go through another phase where you're just going through the motions rather than, you know, softening or feeling what's going on. So I thought, you know, at the end of the manual, if I put these things in, it kind of put the whole thing more and keep it in perspective for them. So um, the, the opinion, the first one about the opinion as a starting point came from the Dr. Barber story. But the point of that one is, that helps you let go of the need to be right. Yep. Which we yep. were talking yep. about. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available. And the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. I think um, sometimes in a particularly group lesson, even in lectures, the larger the group or workshops or something, the larger the group, the more hesitancy there is with someone asking you a question. But I think you've just got to say too, there's no such thing as a stupid question the question's only reflecting the stage that you're at at the time, okay? Mm -hmm. So even if it's a really basic question, you've still got to ask it. You've still got to get it clear in your mind. Yeah, yeah. and if you're worried about being right or not appearing to be wrong, then you won't. You're not you going to learn. Yeah, you won't learn, so you have to let go of that need to be right. And also for the, that other reason I was saying, because, you, you know, when you're doing body work on the horse, you really want to help the horse. You want to find out what's going on with the horse. And if... If your if your if your main thing in mind is you want to be right and not be wrong, then you're not really that gets in the way of finding out what really is going to help the horse from the bodywork point of view. Mm. But if you're you know riding, it's the same thing. You won't learn what's really going to help you become a better rider and really going to serve you and the horse if you're stuck on appearing to be wrong. So, so you can you have permission to be wrong. <laughs> Well, that, that sort of brings it. We've got another one here. Thinking's way overrated. Do you want, is there a story there or, you know, well, what? Yeah. Well, you know, you get students who are, are very, they're very, they think a lot, you know, and they, they, they really want to figure it out and they really want to get it and they want to get it right away. And so, um, 
because they're motivated to get it. But then the, the same thing, they're always thinking about it, you know, thinking, 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 how do I get better at this? Or what did I do wrong there? And, and, um, when you just step back and, and see what the horse has to say and your mind quiets down and the horse just gives you a, a response and then you're, something pops into your head, you weren't even thinking about it. It's usually the right place to go that for the next thing to do with the body work. It's, I just noticed that it works, you know, with this type of body work, it works really well because even when you're doing the first technique, the bladder meridian technique, which is going very lightly down the top line of the horse with your fingers, like barely touching the hair and watching the eye for a blink or some response. It's such a subtle response you're looking for that your mind really quiets down and you find you're not, you find you're not thinking. And so that's the state to be in when you're doing this type of body work. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, I particularly like this one. Every once in a while, step back to give the horse space and see what he has to say. Something pops into your head, do it. That's your intuition kicking in. But it's particularly this first sentence. Every once in a while, step back and give the horse space to see what he has to say. It takes a little while for the horse's nervous system to process any change you've made during the body work. It just takes a few minutes, you know, and so if you just step back and give a horse, the horses a chance to feel what just happened and then it starts to register in their brain and then they give you a physical, um, uh, you know, a change in behavior that tells you, oh, it just registered with them. They processed it. But there's another kind of neat perspective of this that has more to do with horse training and teaching, um, instructing. I, Mark Rashid and I do these clinics together, and he's a horse trainer here in the States. Um, considering the horses, his, he's written quite a few books. They're, they're really easy reading. They're just stories about his experience, you know, coming along with horses. And, and then we also, we also uh, joined up with Dr. Stephen Peters, who's a brain scientist, who's also a horseman. And he wrote a book called Evidence-Based Horsemanship. And we, we teamed up with him and we do these joint clinics, um, body work and, and training. And Dr. Peters does a, a lecture on how the horse's brain works. And their brain is different than ours. They, don't, they have a very small neocortex, which is the front part of our brain that does all the analyzing. That's how we figure things out as humans. And horses don't have, they have a very small one, uh, neocortex. So they don't figure things out the same way we do. But, and he goes into the brain chemistry and he actually does brain dissections and he hands out, hands up, you know, around the horse's brain and points out what parts do what. And an interesting thing, and he talks about the chemical reactions and, he, and the interesting thing that he brings up is the horse just needs a little time to process something when it's learning. And a lot of times we, we, we get the horse to do something and the horse, um, if we just stop every once in a while and give the horse a chance to think for just a minute. And it's not really to think the way we do. It's for all those little connections to be made in his brain. It's not to analyze. It's for, it's for the horse to, um, to his body to kind of feel what it's like to get it right. Then they get it. And, and as humans, we don't allow them that space and that time to get it. So every once in a while, when you're, when you're doing something with the horse in the arena and you're learning something new as a rider, um, and you just stop and you, and they call it, uh, give the horse a chance to soak, you know, in Western trainer that if you just stop, you'll see the horse drop its head and it'll just stand there for a little bit. And it might twitch and blink a little bit and then it'll take a deep breath and it'll start to lick and chew. Well, that's the time that it needed for this to really register into his brain and body. And not only that, um, it might register anyways, but it won't register nearly as much and it won't stick. It won't really stick if you just go right to the next thing. 
and you and you push on to the next thing. So when you're doing body work, it's the same thing, except for it's really apparent, you know, in the horse's physiology, because that's what you're paying attention to, is changes in their behavior that that are that are caused by changes in their physiology. It really becomes apparent that they just need the time to feel what just happened, and so they can process it and they can take a deep breath, and then it's hap- then it's it's like it's ingrained. So that's what we do with the body work. We step back and. In riding, you know, it's going to apply the same way. If you just stop every once in a while and give your horse a, a, a rest, it's not just a physical rest it's getting, he's getting. He's getting a, a mental um, reprogramming. Yes, yes, particularly they've just done something and the reward's immediate, you know. So if they, you know, like I understand the theory of a clicker, but if I'm riding around and my horse has done something really well, the process of just good boy, you know, good girl, just for saying yeah. that they can realize that they're about to get a break because they've Uh done the right thing. It's just very immediate. But also, too, sometimes, you know, something's not right and not right. And as an instructor, sometimes you've got to step back Mm -hmm. to see what the (laughs) horse has to say, but also to see if the horse is it the rider that the horse is Mm -hmm. trying to talk about, you know. So it's time to just step back and watch. So as an instructor, particularly if you're teaching one person in a private lesson, you might just watch them do a circle, do a couple of circles, do something, and you're just watching to see what the horse has got to say. Yeah. All right. Now, this one, and I'm not sure, you know, we sort of talked about that immediate response, but don't wait forever to step back to see what your horse has to say long enough to allow something to pop into your head. Well, when we're doing the body work, we do step back every once in a while and just give the horse, you know, step sure. way back. If you're working in a in a stall or a stable, you step way back to the other other corner and give the horses a lot of space because they're they are used to space. You know, they're naturally that's what they like. But um, and you give the horse a chance to process, and then they give you a nice a huge sign release. But being humans, if a little bit of something is good, more of it is even better. We all, we often, or students often will wait there forever, you know, and then they kind of lose the horse. The horse um, either goes to sleep or it goes off to eat or something. So there's a balance between, you know, when you step back to give the horse a chance to process and see what he has to say. Yeah. Um, from the point of view of doing the body work, you have about an hour and a half before of doing this type of body work before your horse's nervous system is pretty well cooked, you know, because you're working with their nervous system. And so if you take, if you take too long, you really won't get you step back and, you know, it's a balance. You just don't want us to wait forever. So I don't know how that would apply to training or riding, but um, I just find it, you know, when we're teaching that, that because, you know, a student doesn't know how long to step back. Yes, yes. And I think that's another thing the horse is going to tell you, you know, whether you say they're cooked or they've had enough or they need, even just to need a break within it, but um, just to step back and, and let the horse keep talking to you. Yeah. Another one. You've got, okay, and I'll go on because there's quite a few to get through here, Jim, and, um, you know, we had talked about doing it in two separate sessions, but I think if we do it in this longer session, I think then that way people can come back, and this is the sort of one if someone's driving, to almost have a bit of a think of you, you talking, you know, as a body worker, me talking as an instructor, but then they might go, well, me in my situation with horses, how does this relate to me? So I think, um, you know, just chatting about it like this, I think it's a good thing for people then to think about how does this relate to me. The next one you've got is don't doubt what you're doing or what the horse is telling you. If you're doing it the way you've been taught, 
and paying attention to what the horse is telling you, then it's working. Doubt the doubt. Mm-hmm. Well, it's um, especially with the body work, the, um, a lot of this work is so light and the horse it responds so well to it that people doubt that it's working or that they feel like they need to do more. And so they they do too much. You know, it might relate back to the other ones. Like they just keep going on something when really they they because they think they didn't get it or that was too that was too easy. Or, you know, and it's this type of body work so different that a lot of people just feel the need to do more. Well, I need to do that again or I need to do more or I don't know if that worked. You know, that that's behind that. I don't know if that worked. I need to do more. So that's a big that just came up when I early on when I started teaching the people were we're overthinking it. And I thought it was helpful to, uh, if if this is so simple, you know, it's, if you learn how to soften when the horse braces, even the slightest bit of bracing, you learn to soften the slightest bit, the horse is going to release. That's all you have to do. You have to bring the horse's awareness to where the tension is through either that bringing their awareness with really light touch, like the bladder meridian, or through gentle movement, as you're asking movement down the neck, when you hit a point of restriction or tension or discomfort, the horse is going to tense, brace against you, and you soften, then the horse will release a certain amount of that. So that's so simple <laughs> that we have trouble uh, getting it sometimes. We, we we think, well, no, there's got to be more to it. Okay. So okay. I found that helpful just to because people were doubting they were doing it right or doubting it was working. And so <laughs> I just said, just a simple thing, just doubt the doubt and move on. You know, you'll get more. You'll get more the next time you go over it. And then with this, is that also to just give them the confidence that they're on the right track? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because yeah. people genuinely want to get it right. You know, they really want to learn it. It doesn't matter what type of person they are. They can be an A type personality that just kind of feel like they have to keep going <laughs> and win it, or they can be a complete opposite. You know, they genuinely want to learn it. So, you know, it helps sometimes to just give them that, let them know. You know, you're getting it. It's time to time to move on. So same with riding. I think a lot of times a rider didn't know they got it. So they keep trying and keep trying. And the, and the poor horse is going, wait a minute. I, you already got it. We already did what I did what you wanted, <laughs> you know, but they missed it because they did. They doubted it. So, And I think sometimes too, you know, it's very easy to put up a riding program. You know, you need this many lessons and then you're there and then you're there and then you're there. Um, sometimes it happens a bit quicker. Sometimes it happens a little bit later, but, you know, you've just got to just keep going. Just keep going along the right track and um, you'll be right. Mm-hmm. The next one, it's almost always never just one thing. So when you're looking at what's causing what we're finding in the horse, okay, so that's the primary issue, keep in mind that it's almost never just one thing. We did talk about that before. One thing's connected to another, which is caused by another, which leads to another. So just pick a spot, and again, we're just coming back to this have opinion and start there. So so as an instructor, you know, if we're working on the horse or the rider or whatever, I understand that. You know, sometimes it's just go forward and let's just develop the rhythm and tempo. Let's just get that established first before we work on anything else. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's, well, let's work on this, well, let's work on this. But it's, it's you're right, just having one thing. So is there a story there that you like to say that it's, let's just look at what's causing what we're finding in the horse. Keep in mind, it's almost never just one thing. One thing's connected to another, which is caused by another, which leads to another. Just pick a spot and start there. Yeah, yeah pick a spot to start. So 
if you're looking for just one thing and then if you find that one thing and then you improve it, I don't like to use the word fix because that gets us into a mindset that gets the horse bracing, but then you think, well, uh, that was it. Well, you might've missed the rest of the story. But, and then on the other hand, you know, it's, um, you know, some people get caught up in that. What is that one thing that's causing this? And, and, um, well, they'll put, like I said, they'll over-focus on just getting that thing, right? Getting that thing fixed. And in the body work, they might be causing the rest of the horse to brace and tense up against it. So it's just good to know that. And, and a lot of questions were, well, what's causing that? You know, that comes up all the time. Well, what's causing the horse to brace when you just ask for movement is because it's either restricted or it's painful. And that's all that's causing it, you know. Now, what's causing it to be painful or restricted? Well, that's a much bigger question, you know. Like I said, the horse might have uh, it's a it's a it's a suspensory uh, inflammation or problem, and then oh, okay, that's what it is. Yeah. Well, why is it a suspensory thing? Is it because of a hoof imbalance or because the horse is imbalanced in its body and the tension? You know, there's it could be lots of things. They could be imbalanced in I call it imbalanced tension in the body because it's a because it's a hoof imbalance. So, you know, that's it's never always just one thing. And um, you, it's it's really helpful to keep that perspective when you're working on the horse doing body work. Yeah, yeah, and I think that gives you the whole um, that you're looking overall at the horse, not just at that one thing. Mm-hmm. So you're looking for yeah. the connections there. Looking at the whole horse. Yeah, yeah. Now this is, you know, talking about the Jim Masterson law, which I think is brilliant. It's if you stay long enough and light enough, the horse has to release. It's the law. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, st- a federal law. I don't know if it's a state law or a federal law, but um, you, if you find a blink on the horse when you're doing that bladder meridian, if you stay light enough, long enough, what's happening is you're you're finding where the horse is holding tension. And you're finding it by going so lightly that he can't guard against it. So um, the horse can guard, they can, they survive by blocking out pain and tension. So they might have soreness behind the withers that they are just completely blocked out. They just get on with it because that's what they're programmed to do, to stay alive. And so you can, unless it's super, super sore, uh, it'd be, that's a different story. But if, you're, if, it's so, if it's sore and uncomfortable, if you run your hand over and push, then they can just block it out to a pretty high level. But if you go so lightly just touching the hair that they can't brace against it and you watch their eye or their ear or their breathing change, then that's them telling you there's something there. They can't hide that. So when you, um, if you just stay there lightly and do nothing, uh, if you stay there light long enough, that part of their nervous system, which is blocking it out, will start to let go. And then that part of their nervous system, which relaxes and releases tension, will start to take over and they'll start to release some some of it. You know, it, it depends on what it is. So the, the whole point is if you stay there light enough, long enough and do nothing and just allow the horse's nervous system to shift, the, the horse will, will start to release the tension on its own. So um, that's what, you know, that's what I mean. That when you get that blink or that subtle lip twitch or something, if you stay there light enough, long enough, the horse the horse's nervous system will have to start to release it. Now, the part that causes some some doubt or not sureness is sometimes some horses are are pretty good at covering up the release, and they won't let they won't show you the release until you step away mm-hmm. and you step. Mm-hmm. So some horses are so good at covering it up that you'll stay there for like I don't know, say two or three or four minutes, and then um, and nothing happens. And so you think, well, nothing happens. Then you leave the stall and you look back, and the horse is yawning like crazy as soon as you left the stall. Yeah. So 
point there is to stay stay light and stay and don't do anything and just allow the horse's nervous system to do its thing. I suppose that's part of the next one when you step back to see what the horse has to say. Step way back. The further you step back, the more pressure you take off the horse and the more you'll see the horse relax. Is that, that yeah. what you mean there within the stepping yeah. back and, and just removing yourself? Yeah. Yeah, every yep. horse is different. Some are very trusting and comfortable with humans close up and some aren't. And sometimes that has to do with their history and experience and sometimes it just has to do with them, you know, their their the breed or the type of horse or even within the breed. So for example, Mustangs here, I don't know, maybe Brumbies there. Yeah. They're they're pretty good at covering things up and taking care of themselves. So when when you step back, you have to step way back. And and you'll see when you do a little work on the horse, any horse and you do a little, say you get some some tension out of the pole and the neck and you step back and you'll see them kind of, their head drop a tiny bit and you step back two feet. And then you step back another two feet and you see their head drop a little mm. more and you step back another two feet and pretty soon their head's down. But you don't notice that unless you know what to look for. So, but they need, you know, out in the wild, they need, you know, a quarter mile is, is they're comfortable with, you know, distance between something that they're not sure of and, and um, and them. So you you have to imagine when you're working with the horse and in a in a stall or a stable or in an arena or something that they're just in, they're just programmed to need that space. So, but you can actually see it. The farther you step back with a lot of horses, the more their head drops, the more they relax until a point where they just let go and you're standing about twenty feet away. Yep. Yep. You know, you say Brumbies, but I think it depends on the amount of handling that the Brumbies had, but certainly the ones with less handling are going to be like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So this one is um, is really important, and we can, you know, we can expand on this a bit more to do with riding. It's a, we've got to take safety into consideration here, okay? So if, you know, and I think if you feel that you're working with a horse, whether you're doing body work or riding or teaching or something, if you feel like you're out of your depth, you've got to get someone else in to help you. But if you feel that it's within your depth, this is a really good one and, and essential, that whenever the horse braces, pins his ears, nips, pulls away, and as an instructor I could put in bucking, rearing, kicking out, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So when, yeah. when you're working on him, he's telling you he's uncomfortable. Don't take it personally. It's the only way he can tell you. Don't quit, just do something differently. So, yeah, tell us a little bit more about that. Well, the, this, the last part, don't quit, do it differently, is because is if you want to help the horse with that physical issue, that, that if you really want to help him with it, you don't want to just say, oh, he doesn't like it, and then stop. Because he's going to tell you, if he's telling you he doesn't like it, there's something there he doesn't that's making him uncomfortable. So when we're doing especially what the type of body work we do we're paying really close attention to what the horse is telling us so we we should catch it way before it reaches the point where we get bit nor kicked you know not that you won't get bitten or kicked with some horses um you know especially nipped or bitten but you know if you're paying really close attention and you see the ear kind of go back a little bit he's he's telling you that it's a little uncomfortable so you need to you need to do something different so the first thing to do is just soften what you're doing and then move forward with it. And that maybe the horse, his ear won't go back because he's comfortable enough with that. But, you know, sometimes you're, if you're not paying close attention or you have a horse who's really sore and really used to reacting because he's not people, he's used to people not listening to him, he may re- reach around and, and bite you. So 
you know, the first thing is to get upset. You know, I used to get get upset a lot more than I do now when they, they bit me. And I finally realized they're telling me that whatever I'm doing is is not comfortable for them. So rather than get angry with them, I would just do something different. And, and uh, you know, early on, I, get as, I would get as upset with horses as most people do. Well, maybe not quite as most people, but I do remember, you know, I used to get upset when a horse would do something like that to nip at me or, or, um, or try to move away while I'm working on it, try to, you know, try to walk over me or something. And I don't get upset now. I'm able to divert the horse's you know, if he tries to walk over me or pull away, I'm able to divert it and soften and then continue on. But early on, I would take it personally. You know, why is he doing that to me? You know, how how dare he? He should know better. Well, now I learned he doesn't have that part of the brain that knows better. All he knows is you're doing something he's uncomfortable. That's what he knows. So you don't take it personally. You're going to be able to get a lot farther with the horse. And and when I say don't quit, just do something differently. If it if it's an unsafe situation, you definitely quit. You know, if it's really unsafe. But if if you're he's just telling you he's uncomfortable by misbehaving, you just need to do something differently so you can get to the your goal of helping the horse with him being as comfortable as possible. Yeah, that certainly goes the right way for instructors. And I think you've got to look at that. The horses, this is the only way they can communicate with you to say this is not what I want to do. This, I'm uncomfortable here. I'm, there's a reason for it. And, and um, we've got to get in and work out what that reason is and um, go from there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the reason could be he's been trained to, poorly to do it. He's been trained. He's gotten away with it. That could be the reason. But you still shouldn't take that personally because that's what he learned from somebody. So you just have to do something differently. So when we take it personally, when he does that, he bucks. Well, he, he might have been trained to buck because he got away with it. And that's all he knows is the way to do it now. So, that's exactly uh, right. you know, if you don't take it personally, then you can, okay, well, let's, let's retrain him. Or, or, or else he's telling you because he doesn't understand what you're asking. It's, he's confused by it because he did something that he thought you, you didn't know you asked him to do. And so he gets frustrated and he bucks. Um, and then the, and a third reason is he's physically uncomfortable. And so, um, so that's a real red flag for me, you know, if, and some of the things that might point, you know, raise a red flag is say your horse is, you've had your horse, you've been riding him doing certain things. And now all of a sudden he starts bucking after the jump. Well, he's not, he didn't just decide to start bucking. He didn't get together. you know, I make this joke. They didn't get to, the horses didn't get together the night before and say, Hey, let's all buck after the jump today. They don't do that. So all this something something shows up a behavior that that wasn't there before then there's a there's and everything else is the same then it's likely it's a physical issue or all of a sudden he can't bend to the right or all of a sudden he can't pick up a right canter lead it's it's out of the blue then something he can do to one side and can't do to the other is probably there's a physiological component to it yep yeah, and I think that's where um, if there is a safety issue there, you've got to step out of the problem. And I think if it's mm-hmm. um, if you're in that situation, you're looking at body work. I think you need to contact Jim. What's the best way to contact you? Yeah, at mastersandmethod.com on the website, mastersandmethod.com. You can contact us there by email, or you can call the office here. And there's a lot of information on the website. There's we have tons of YouTube videos that you can that I want people to go watch and try things, try some of these techniques and then see if it works for them. And if it works for them, then if you want to learn more, then you come back and you can learn more. I don't, you know, I, I never want to, you know, 
I don't want to sell somebody something that they're not going to like, you know, and I don't want to do that myself. I don't want to go out and pay for something and it turns out it's not what I want or it's not working for me. So my philosophy is put as much out there as possible and have people go out and actually do it. And in the process, they're going to help their horses and help themselves too. That simple bottom meridian technique that we start with, I think we have a 15 minute video on how to do that. That's on our website for free. And, um, and so I want people to go out because one, they're going to decide if it works for them or not. Two, they're going to most likely help their horse. And three, they may come back and want to learn more. Yep. So. Yep. Perfect. All right. You know, if you're in that situation as an instructor, of course, contact us at internationalhorsecollege.com. Um, Jim, I think this has been really good. I think these thoughts, you know, you're obviously a thinking man that you, you know, you, <laughs> no, you come and... No, I'm not overrated. I already said that. <laughs> well, well, it's certainly been good to talk to you about your yeah, thoughts. I do, and I do my thinking thoughts. when I'm away from the horse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look, um, we'll talk to you again, Jim. Uh, I think, you hey. know, very, very good. I think for anyone that's working in the horse industry and working with horses, just to, to have those thoughts and... Um, yeah, either whether you're a trainer or... Or doing body work yeah it's the same it's the same nervous system the horse is the, it's the same nervous system whether you're training the horse or releasing tension yeah so a lot of these things that, that they they make sense to training too so mm -hmm. and and the two should work in hand in hand you know we're, we're there for the benefit yeah. of the horse okay jim thank you very much and now uh, we will chat to you very soon okay thanks if you've enjoyed this chat then please comment rate and subscribe if you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below. 